Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you're a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. joining us for our Halloween project. I'm very, very excited. I don't know um, if you could have guessed, but we are big fans of Halloween. Huge, the huge, holiday. huge fans. I'm, I'm stoked. I already have my house decorated, but um, we'll start We'll start with um, what's new with you. What's new with you, Katie? Um, that's an excellent question, Meredith. I'm glad you asked. Um, I mean, just the, the usual, I think the school year is like, it's almost kind of feels like it's flying by. I have one of these little countdown things in my classroom that was a gift when I got the job from my husband and it started out with 15 weeks and it's already down to nine. And I'm like, man. Like, oh, before your first break? Yeah. Cause our first break isn't until Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, so 15 weeks, I mean, that's a long stretch. Like that's a long tunnel to be looking down. Mm-hmm. Um, but to already be in single digits is, is pretty gratifying. It's gone Fast. Yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. I feel like we're we're in a bit of a groove, which is awesome. Um, we've just had really crazily consistent warm weather. I mean, we had like a spate of rain there, but I just Sounds feel like nice. yeah. there's so many days where it's warmer than I'm used to. It's not like it's uncomfortably warm. It's very pleasant. It's beautiful, but mm-hmm. it is warmer than you expect to see this often in this area. Yeah, yeah. My ha- my classroom's getting really warm, and I have. I bought a fan and then I got a fan from Buy Nothing because I was like, I'm sweating. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little fan and then our air filter, like, you know, basically makes fan output. But um, the kids are a big fan of my classroom because it's west facing, um, which means that the sun doesn't hit my windows and start warming up the classroom until after the school day is essentially already done. Mm -hmm. And so my my room is usually like a nice, cool respite when they walk in from the hallway or from any of the east facing classrooms mm-hmm. um so yeah it's, i'm pretty popular in that way but yeah i mean it's but it's gorgeous the days are just beautiful mm-hmm. yeah totally um yeah i mean i've been having to go home and take showers <laughs> yeah I'm really sweaty yeah no also, i don't i don't enjoy teacher, this wedding so i'm moving a lot and, yeah and probably touching a lot of boogers <coughs> and stuff boogers boogers oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. probably a much bigger part of your tk life than it is of my fifth and sixth grade it's life part of my job description yeah booger patrol Bo- booger management specialist. i think i have like six tissue boxes open around my classroom just yeah. like so you all there's always mm-hmm. one within like yeah. arm's reach of you wherever of you are little little children needing boogers yeah and, and baby wipes <laughs> with your hands because they're sticky for some reason I just in, inexplicably <laughs> sticky yeah um mm-hmm. And then I would say the other thing that's kind of wild is, um, so next week at our school, the eighth graders always go on a week long, um, retreat 
And um, my son didn't get to go on his because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, But my daughter leaves on Monday and will be gone until Friday with her teacher, teachers and chaperones and the whole rest of her eighth grade class for this week long retreat, which is like, you know, supposed to be this really like galvanizing, illuminating, life changing experience for the kid. Like you write all these letters and and give them to the teacher to give to the kids while they're there and everything. So I'm excited that she's actually having a chance to do that since Mm -hmm. her brother didn't. Um, But it is like even though when she's home, she's usually in her room. We don't see her all that much, Mm -hmm. but it is going to be weird to have her gone for a week. Yeah, yeah. Is it sort of like an outdoor end situation? Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's cabins and hiking and mm-hmm. um, team building and reflection mm-hmm. and all that of that fun. stuff. It's every every eighth grader that I had ever talked to at our school um, that went on it always said that it was like the most amazing experience. So that it mm-hmm. was like the highlight of their time at the school and everything. So I'm excited for her to be able to mm-hmm. do that. That's nice. Yeah. it. And my district, it's fifth grade. Yeah, ahead. they do several. They do outdoor ed in fourth and fifth as well. Mm-hmm. And then this is like a, I don't know. I mean, I think it's supposed to have a spiritual slant, you know, with us being a Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. I don't know if it's like really faith formation in its purest sense. But um, I think that there there is that element of that, too. Like, you know, we're getting ready to say farewell to these kids and send them off into the world and... Yeah, so it's it's usually ends up being they're like everybody cries at some point. Like nobody makes it through the entire trip without crying. I'm like, oh, this should be interesting because Grace is not a crier. So uh, I'll be interested to hear um, how that goes. But yeah, yeah. yeah. What's new with you? Uh, I've been watching scary stuff. Of course, I've been. Oh, my child, my oldest, who's starting to like dip her toe in the macabre Mm -hmm. and scary. We watched Scream together. <gasps> what did she think? She liked it. She mm-hmm. liked it a lot. I made her close her eyes a few times, cause especially during like the guts coming out part. And oh, like yeah. That. Drew Barrymore <laughs> hanging from the tree yeah. and all that. Yeah. So, um, but then she's like, well, it kind of peaked anyway, mom. And I'm like, whatever. And, but hey, at she, least she was she honest. <laughs> she liked it. She thought it was fun. And she was like, oh, my gosh, it was really good. Um but uh, funny enough, we, we watched the new one together mm-hmm. before the old one. Oh, weird. Well, I don't know why. I mean, we, it just happened that way. And then she was like, I, sh- I wish we didn't watch the new one before we watched the first one. She's like, no judgment, mom, but what the hell? She's like, because I, I spoiled already who the killers were. And I was like, honestly, I didn't think you'd be interested. Yeah. So I thought it'd be like one and done. Yeah. So I didn't think it would be a problem. Yeah. yeah. She's, <laughs> But she's like, oh, I want to watch the original. I was like, oh, you do? Like, yeah. I was just surprised because she's sort of like, doesn't give a crap sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely, with Grace, I lost her after the second. She watched the first and the second. And then I think the third, she sat in on for a bit and then was like, nope, this is really bad because the third is definitely the worst. Um, yeah. I mean, they definitely, there's an ebb and flow. Yeah. I, I watched, like I said, I watched the new. One and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and the fourth one is great too. That's mm-hmm. why the th- the third was like the bottom of the bell curve, yeah. um, and then it did start to climb from there. Yeah, yeah. So but I that's enjoyed great it. that I she she is uh, opening up to that. She wants to explore the scary movie. So she's I'll growing see. up. I know. I have to like kind of look at my, uh, I guess, arsenal of movies and see mm-hmm. what she's. I'd be okay with her yeah. seeing. Go so. back and start re-listening to our episodes and hear my recommendations yeah, for like, what scary yeah, movies to start yeah, with. Yeah. Or, you know what? Let's just put Grace on the job. 
I'll say it like Grace. Grace. Okay, Charlotte is starting to open up to the possibility of scary movies. Where do you think she should start? Yeah, I think that'd be good. Babadook? Yeah, no. Grace probably wouldn't say start with that. (laughs) (laughs) But she's seen Scream. Yeah. So that's something. Yeah. Um, anyway, that, that's it. It was, uh, it was fun and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching more movies. And, mm. Um, but speaking of movies. What? Today, <laughs> we're, we're speaking of movies? We're here to talk about movies. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing the H2O recap. Oh, yes. So this is our, the second in our two-parter Halloween, um, foray project whatever do you want to call it because and i mean yeah. honestly like if we were last podcast on the left version uh, we would we would probably have made six episodes about the halloween yeah. franchise um it, yeah. it could have you could have definitely stretched these movies over more episodes than we've given them i think i think so we're gonna be yeah. like charging through a lot of material today <laughs> yeah you kind of have to for times for, for brevity's sake, yeah. but also it's going to be thorough. I don't know. I try yeah. to be thorough, but then also not like go on and on and on. Right. Yeah. We're not yeah. going, we don't think that you're going for a doctorate in this. And so we're giving you, yeah, we're giving you the, like, um, the university of Phoenix online experience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. what we're going for. But, um, we did with our last Halloween episode, you know, we tried to focus primarily on the original, the very first movie from 19, 19- uh, 78 and um, our you know so our main focus for this episode is the uh, Halloween H2O um, movie that came out in 1998 so it's H2O because it's 20 years later and I think it's safe to say that I mean even the new ones coming out notwithstanding for a long time this was considered to be like the best Halloween movie since the original it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, which wasn't saying much because, as we talked about in the last episode, most of the sequels that came between the two were trash. Um, yeah, they didn't. Yeah, but this know. one was really well received. Yeah. It was really welcomed. It was the return of Jamie Lee Curtis. It was well done. It was right at the kind of like beginning of this resurgence of scary movies and people investing in the performers and the production. Um, and you see that in the cast. Um, so let's get into it. So it did come out in 1998, which, so I was a junior in high school, I think. I don't remember if I saw it at the time. I might have. I think I was a freshman in high school. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I was a baby. I was a baby. A little bit, way baby. Little baby. Um, but so in the opening scene, we observe a nurse who is in, and the, the, uh, title card tells us that we're in Langdon, Illinois, which, you know, means nothing to any of us, but we're like, oh, Illinois. So that's where Haddonfield is. Um, so this nurse has had her house broken into, and, um, the title card also tells us it's October 29th, 1998. So a couple days before Halloween, uh, the nurse seeks the aid of two teen neighbor boys, um, to, you know, try and try and address the situation of her house being broken into. But of course, in the end, all three are slain by Michael Myers. And we soon learn why, uh, this nurse was actually the private nurse to Dr. Loomis, the Mm -hmm. illustrious Dr. Loomis. Um, and, and he uh, lived there too. She said he lived with her for a long time. Oh, or someone I, is, yeah, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Like, um, yeah. Just, I, 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 what I remember them saying is that she cared for him. Mm-hmm. And so I assumed that that meant she was an in, in home care nurse at wherever his residence was. Not that he lived in this residence, but either way, oh, yeah. um, she, uh, had had extensive files in her home office on Lori Strode and they've been stolen. 
Um, so it can't be admitted that one of the neighbor boys that she seeks help from is like a 100% adorable Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The little cutie patootie. Oh my God, so cute. This was like prime. Like I crushed on him so hard when I was a teenager. Um, like going back to like the third rock in the, from the sun mm-hmm. era. Like so adorable. He had that hot, like parted in the middle. Long, yeah, long hair, hair, long hair. And then when he cut Scare it off, boy. it was like this, it, it was like this, oh no, he cut off his hair. But at the same time, it's like, oh my God, he's so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> he's so cute. Yeah, he was so, so cute. Um, and in this movie, he's, like, charming and hilarious. Um, his, he first appears in this kind of, like, Jason Voorhees homage hockey mask. Um, and then when he dies, we get his corpse reveal with a hockey skate, like, buried in his face. Yeah. So, it's like, it's a very short stint that he has in the opening scene mm-hmm. um, of this movie. But it's very rewarding, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Michael manages to steal away in the nurse's car before the cops even know what's going on. Yeah. Um, so now we get um, a series of opening credits that are actually set over the top of like slow pans across the walls in um, the nurse's office that are filled with notes and clippings that tell quite a story. Um, and one that necessarily demonstrates that all the sequels beyond number two have been erased. So everything I talked about last time after the initial Halloween night, um, Lori's attack, all of the babysitter killings and then... Um, the night in the hospital. That was that was it. It's like a Wayne's World. Like let's do the mega happy ending. Um, so all of that uh, did not happen, and we learn from these news clippings that uh, Laurie Strode died in a car accident, evidently at a fairly young age. Like I, wink, 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 yeah. Wink. Like I paused and like moved back and read the newspaper clippings and everything. They never say a year or an age that mm-hmm. she died at, but the photo in the news clip things and not, like notifying of her death she looks fairly young she looks like college age yeah like not mm-hmm. not long after the events of the first two movies yeah um so that means that our initial timeline of the movies which was one two four five six is done so like now that's that's been you know recorded and boxed and put away and our new one is now episode one two seven yeah that's our jump um, but somehow, even despite all of this new information, in only moments, we are seeing Lori herself alive and well and waking with screams from a nightmare of closets with hangers and knives buried in photos. Um, and her 17-year-old son, John, rushes in to soothe her. And John is like super dreamy, prime Josh Hartnett. Like this is mm-hmm. peak Josh Hartnett. He's like, cute. There was like a handful of years there where he was like everything with these movies. And so he, I imagine mm-hmm. he was a real get for this role. Yeah. In terms of getting people to come see this movie. Yeah. 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 And he's like, you need your drugs. You need your drugs. <laughs> you need your drugs. She's like, yep. Yeah, bring them on. Um, so John and Lori, uh, they are, we learned they're in Summer Glen, California, where he attends the posh boarding school at which she is the headmistress. And it is Halloween once again, of course. So the pair, mother and son, spar about whether or not he will go on the school trip to Yosemite. Um, he calls her out for being particularly tense, as she always is on this date. Hmm. Understandably, because it turns out, of course, she faked her own death so that she could start a new life with a new identity. Um, her name now is Carrie Tate. Um, but she is also now a medicated, functioning alcoholic, still suffering from this teenage yeah. trauma that Major she experienced. PTSD. Yeah, like never 
Uh, I don't I'm assuming at some point she sought therapy or something, but maybe not. Clearly, she has not uh, put these demons to to rest. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, John's girlfriend, Molly, who similarly is peak Dawson's Creek, Michelle Williams in like her bleached blonde ringlets that just look crunchy as hell. Oh, Um, yeah. She she is like 100 percent there um, as his cute little girlfriend. She shares with John that she can't go to Yosemite either. So they and their friends, Sarah and Charlie. So these are four prime teen characters in this episode. um, Decide to all stay behind at the school together while all the other students go on this Yosemite trip. They can have the school all to themselves and party and just be very naughty. Very naughty. So naughty. <laughs> um, so and actually, I, I don't, I didn't put it in my notes, but Sarah's played um, by a now, oh gosh, now I'm blanking on her name, but she was like the bad girl from She's All That, Jody. Um, anyway, Jody something. I don't think I've ever seen She's All That. It oh, looks, really? Oh, I mean, a so lot of those bad. movies were yeah. not for me. No, that was not your style. I was like, nope, not I, watching I that. I loved the the teen the the teen romance drama type things. Jodie yeah. Lynn O'Keefe. Oh, okay. Thank you for giving me a moment to pull that <laughs> from the ether. I, um, I mean, and I never watched Dawson's Creek either. Not one episode. Yeah, I know. I was like, nope. That sounds I, I, like I, I own, own the box set of DVDs. Do you seem like you would? Yep. That's me. That's me. I'm, I basic. Have, no, I have a wide spectrum of taste. No, I mean, I, I mostly watched Felicity, actually. It was like... And I've never seen an episode of Felicity. Yeah, so that was what I gravitated towards. I watched that. I mean, everyone in high school sort of chose as, like, Dawson's Creek or Felicity. Yeah, you're one or the other. Yeah, so it wasn't, like, really anything against Dawson's Creek. I yeah. was just like, well, I'm already committed to something <laughs> I'm already. I'm already in a relationship. I'm, I'm not going to branch out. I'm in a relationship out. with these uh, college-aged... 30 year olds. Right. I can't I can't switch down to like freshmen in high school. It's just not gonna work. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Jody Leno Keefe is is Sarah and um and she's cute and great. Um but it's just another example of how like they were really able to fill this cast mm-hmm. with the faces that people were wanting to see at the time. Oh yeah, definitely. Back then yeah, 100%. Josh Hartnett, people are all about it. Michelle Williams, like, yeah, it, it's, it, was, it was all good casting, excellent casting. Mm-hmm. So the four friends decide to all stay behind together. Um, and next we meet the guidance counselor, Will, played by Adam Arkin, who is, I love him. He's adorable. I don't know what he's in, but he looked familiar to me. Yeah, I, he, I, I mean, know. he's in everything. And he also, okay. he's um, Alan Arkin's son. Um, oh, so he's Hollywood- okay. Okay. Hollywood, Hollywood. I'm sure if I looked him up on IMDb, stuff would come up. Now, well, I, I mean, now that I've that. said that, I've always assumed he was Alan Arkin's son, but I'm going to double check that on IMDb. No, just right? with it. No, John, no, no. I'm, I, John Carpenter's dead. We don't have enough people writing in to correct us that we're kind of responsible for correcting ourselves at this eh, point. Are we, though? Maybe. Adam Arkin, well, let's see. Is his bio. He was born in Brooklyn. That's a... That's born a, in Brooklyn. Yep. Yeah. Let's see. If we get down to his trivia. Yep. Son of Alan Arkin. Whew. Ah. You dug um, yourself in the hole. Oh, thank goodness. And you were fine. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he's in a ton of stuff. He directs. He um, directs episodes on a lot of really successful television shows. He's he's definitely in the biz, heavy in the biz. Um, and in this movie, he plays Will, who, uh, as in addition to being guidance counselor, he is Lori's low-key boyfriend. Yeah. They have to, like, kind of keep it on the sly because, obviously, like, I don't know, he technically works for her or something. Yeah. As she's the headmistress. Yeah. Um, and the best cameo ever is Janet Lee, um, oh, Janie yeah. Lee Curtis's real life mom and you the know. star of Psycho. 
um, playing Norma, who is Lori's receptionist. Yeah, I love that too. I was like, oh my gosh. This yeah, is like she, yeah, that having her pop up in that was just so beautiful. It was and so they, beautiful. And they had some of the music from Psycho. Play yeah, while yeah, she I, guess, was, I guess like, that. Which was, I was like, oh my gosh, I love that I know this and I yeah. love that I'm sitting and hearing this. Um, and then the next essential character we meet is freaking LL Cool J. Yep. As Ronnie, the well, security guard slash aspiring romance novelist. Of course he is. Of course he is. He's because he, the ladies love LL. Cool James. Yes. Okay. So let's moving on. Mm-hmm. The buses have left for Yosemite, leaving behind a fairly deserted campus. Uh, we even get a heartwarming moment where Norma is leaving for the day. That's what you were just referring to, and she wishes Laurie a happy Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, after startling her and then relaying the sentiment, everyone's entitled to one good scare. Mm-hmm. Uh, before Norma drives off in the same 1957 Ford that she drives in Psycho. Yes. Same color, oh same license plate with a few bars of the Psycho music playing over it. I love that. Yeah. Um, later in the evening, Ronnie inadvertently, as the security guard, lets Michael onto the campus um, while Will is checking in on the students, um, the girls in their dorm rooms, make sure that they're fine before joining Lori for a romantic evening in her um, home where she finally confesses to him for the first time her real identity and past. So up to this point, he had no idea that she was really Lori Strode. But when she's um, filling him in, it's clearly a story that he's heard, he's familiar with because it was such a famous crime um and now she's telling him okay that mm-hmm. was me and he at yeah. first is like ha 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 and she's like no really like that was me yeah i had a kind of a sense it'd be more it it sa- seemed like um in this world it would be like the richard speck murder like i was one in the nurse ner- one yeah. the nurse like something like that where they're like yeah. oh you're, everybody's you're kidding, heard of right? it yeah everyone's heard of it you're like it's, it's horrifying it was so tragic Mm-hmm. Uh, and so senseless. Yeah. So um, that's sort of what I thought, like, kind of made me think of that for a second. So. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So meanwhile, while this is going on, the, the two adults are um, having this little date that has gotten decidedly unromantic, probably. Um, the teens, the four teens, are gathering for their own Halloween party. And this is where the slaying really begins. Um, so first, it's Sarah and Charlie that are killed, uh, cleverly utilizing a corkscrew um, and a dumbwaiter. Oh, yeah. Not to go into too much detail, but they have they do get a little creative with those deaths. Mm -hmm. Um, Next, Michael goes after John and Molly, who flee and just barely make it into the building that Lori is in, giving us this very impactful moment where because Lori like lets them into the door that they can't get through and slams it shut behind them right as Michael gets there. And Lori and Michael are face to face through the like oval window in the door. Lori on the inside, Michael on the outside. But they're like, you know inches from each other's faces on either side of this window mm-hmm. so it was like i mean it was a really really significant moment because i didn't mention but like kind of throughout the movie up until this point Lori in in her trauma and everything like she sees michael all the time and mm-hmm. you see her like she sees him and then she like closes her eyes and she takes deep breaths or she shakes her head and she opens her eyes and he's gone so she's been seeing him her entire life and mm-hmm. she's used to that and but here now he's actually he's uh, here he's, he's real really now. there it's not yeah. a figment of her imagination yeah. and her like reliving her trauma it's, right you uh, can't you can't close your eyes and count to 10 and have him go away no way you gotta run the fuck away yeah <laughs> um so inside um in a panicked accident will accidentally 
accidentally shoots Ronnie. And you're like, oh, no, because he thinks it's Michael. Um, And moments later, Michael does show up and he guts Will. So we're very Mm -hmm. sad to see Will. Also, I mean, I was sort of surprised that like uh, her boyfriend wasn't like a douchey character. Sometimes in movies like this, they kind of like those boyfriend types are kind of like whatever you're overreacting or whatever yeah. but he was like super supportive yeah he's like what can i do and then and then he died and it was yeah. sad but yeah there were parts in like their like nice their conversations <laughs> that they had had where where she'd be like you know stop trying to analyze me or whatever because he is a counselor you know you imagine he's got a background in therapy or whatever yeah and he knows clearly that she's got some issues because they're enough in an enough of a relationship that he can observe that there's something going on with this woman he just didn't um, know what yeah, and and any time that he tries to kind of play those cards with her, she shuts him down. But yeah. he's yeah, he's a super super good guy. So it was sad to see him go. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. So, R.I.P. Will. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori is able to escape with Molly and John um, in a vehicle, but at the campus gate, uh, she sends the kids on alone in the car while she stays to face Michael. Um, so she dramatically calls him to a reckoning while wielding a fireman's axe in her hand. Um, and their battle continues. Um, and then, uh, it's, you know, it's very like cat and mouse. Cat yeah. And, and mouse. it's lengthy. I didn't I didn't, um, you know, notate it in detail. But um, in the end, in a frantic double fisted knife attack, Lori is finally triumphant. She's she's killed Michael. Um, but when all the emergency services are then on site, um, she being wise, this is not her first rodeo. She's like, he, you know, this she's isn't like, over. This hooker leaves all the time after he's been shot, stabbed, exactly, whatever. Exactly. She's like, I've seen this asshole burn and he's still walking around. So she pulls a gun on the ambulance driver and takes off in the ambul- the vehicle that has Michael's um, body in a body bag in the back. She's like, fuck this. Give me the keys. I'm out of here. I'm taking this body. Um, on the road, he, of course, climbs, still living, out of the body bag. Uh, she slams on the brakes, launching him through the windshield. So he's on the road. She runs him over. Um, and then the van plus Michael all roll down a hill next to the road together, uh, leaving ultimately Michael is pinned between the van and this fallen tree. And as he bewilderingly clutches his mask and reaches for her aid, very supplicatingly, she takes off his head with her axe. And you see his head roll away with the mask still on it. And you're Mm -hmm. like, well, that's definitely the end. Or is it? Or is it? (laughs) If you've been paying attention, there are five more movies, soon to be six. (laughs) Uh I know. But that was H2O, which, I mean, it was was beautiful. It was like, Mm -hmm. for that to come out of nowhere after, really, when you think about this franchise, having been you, know, you could kind of use the word languishing for 20 years. Yeah, definitely cash grabs. I ha- we have to release something for Halloween. Just get it a script. We don't care what it is. Whatever. It didn't seem like that much heart was put into or thought was put into um, the movies. Right. Like, but then after. you have somebody yeah. who's like, I got this script. I got Jamie Lee back on. We're going to sign she all... She took a break from her Activia commercials. <laughs> this she, was before she, Activia. Come was on. It? She was yes. the same hair. She, 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 well, no, she already she was already fully gray when she was doing the activity, Activia commercials. Well, anyway, she's amazing. I don't. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. Well, Make maybe, that yogurt money, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and it's possible. You know, we don't know. She started out her career as this scream queen. You know, she the, it wasn't just Halloween. It was prom night. Um, and then, you know, you could tell she, she had spent a lot of years maybe trying to separate herself from that role. And then oh, she, sure. know, she got to a point in her career where... 
where she was willing to embrace it and recognize that people wanted to see her in that again. Yeah. Um, I and mean, she, like, branched off to, like... Freaky Friday, training places, like yeah. a million things. and, and <laughs> True still, lies. True I think lies. That, that's like, outside of Halloween, that is my favorite Jamie Lee Curtis vehicle oh, is True Lies. <laughs> also, she's a gamer. Uh, she oh, plays is WoW, she? So uh, I'm a huge fan of okay. her. I love her. Okay. She's like a huge nerd too. Yeah. So I'm like, oh girl, I love you. <laughs> You're amazing. <laughs> but yeah, so this movie is definitely like a, a bringing together of like, we got this this core character back. And a we great can cast. get all these great names. We've got a good script. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got people who will put money into this project. And it really, really paid off. Um, definitely. And of course, it necessitated pretending that all those other sequels didn't happen. But everybody is willing to do that. We all were fine, just like on yeah. board. Sorry, sorry Lori's daughter, Jamie, you are not real. You You're, didn't exist. Bye bye. Goodbye, Paul Red Tommy. <laughs> you have been forgotten. <laughs> it's fine. He moved on to bigger and better things. He certainly obviously. did. He's done okay for himself. I don't yeah. know if you've been paying attention. <laughs> Ant Man is not not need, needing for much. No, no, wanting for much. And he's also not aging. So I mean, oh, I know. more he's, power to him. Looks good. Um, so the sad thing is that I have to say to go from this movie, which came out in 1998, uh, mm-hmm. just four years later, they did what some of us horror fans hate to see them do, um, is they, they kind of stole from us the, the most satisfying and rewarding element of a horror movie by being like, well, we need to make another one. So how do we do that? And um, I would re- be remiss if I did not mention at this point, there is um, a friend of mine. She, We were in Girl Scouts together when we were small um, and reconnected through Facebook years later. And she's a big Halloween fan, Amelia. Um, the, mo- sh- the movie that followed H2O, which was called Halloween Resurrection and came out in 2002, mm-hmm. she, it made her very angry. Oh, <laughs> um, and I'll tell you why. Okay, I, uh, I I've watched it once. I didn't rewatch it during our my binge watching. Yeah. Um, but I'm fine. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me. I'm yeah. fine with you, that. You're, you're fine. Everybody is fine without. I don't seeing feel like this. I'm missing it. Yeah. So what I described it as possibly one of the biggest missteps for true lovers of the pure Halloween. They rewrote the ending of H2O. From a satisfying, culminating redemption for Lori, our heroine for all time, to just another fake out Michael death. So Halloween Resurrection starts where Lori is in an institution and we learn that what really happened that night at the school is that in the confusion, Michael was able able to overcome a paramedic. He critically damaged the paramedic's vocal cords. He stole his uniform and slipped away. Meanwhile, the paramedic is unconscious in the body bag that everyone thinks is Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. So when Lori steals the ambulance with the body bag in the back, it's not even Michael. Mm -hmm. Uh, The man that she beheads was actually, tragically, this paramedic who was unable to speak and tell her, hey, I'm not Michael. He switched our our outfits. (laughs) Sure. Um, Wink, wink. Wink, wink. And so... Uh, the guilt that Lori feels over this this tragedy has evidently driven her to catatonia, and she is now Killing in this institution. Person. Yeah. Uh, soon we do find that she's far from catatonic. She's been biding her time in this institution, knowing that Michael, who is she knows now still alive, will show up for her again someday, and she has laid a trap for him. 
So that is all well and good until he does show up. The plan goes awry and Lori is the one that dies, not Michael. Mm -hmm. So we're robbed of Lori's triumph for the sake of another sequel, which Uh. is like, I mean, it's bullshit. Yeah. She she was uh, the Titan in the beginning. Mm -hmm. She returned. She won. Like Mm -hmm. she was, you know, the and I I mentioned this in some of my notes of the later Halloween movies, this idea of the final girl. She is like the Titan of final girls. She beheads the bad guy. And then they're like, no, we want to make another movie. So instead she didn't behead the bad guy and then he kills her. I mean, it sounds frustrating. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, they if just you, wanted to make money, and they're like really wanting to have some something. Yeah, and it's very lame. So, having said that, you know, I'm here for this sequel. I'm here for every sequel. They got to bring Michael back, but I definitely um, feel for the people that resent <laughs> Lori's journey here because she deserved better. So they went the way they went about it was not right. Yeah, it went. She or was like triumphant. To she's just another casualty. Oh, okay. she wasn't. She wasn't special. She wasn't his his match or his equal. Mm-hmm. She was just another victim. And now we're moving on. It continues without her. Yeah, yeah. Um. So that was a little disheartening. Sure, that sounds <laughs> like. I'm glad I didn't rewatch it. I'm yeah. annoyed. So I just have a, a very um, quick gloss over of the plot of Resurrection, uh, what ensues after Lori's death, and now Michael clearly is alive and still out in the world. Um, he goes to Manhattan, crashes <laughs> a prom like Jason. No, yep. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, unfortunately, we get aspiring reality TV mogul Buster Rhymes. Oh my God. <laughs> is populating a Halloween night internet live stream with students from the, as yet unmentioned, Haddonfield University. All of a sudden, Haddonfield has a college. Oh, yep. Yep, that's where Busta is looking for participants. He's the dean. He's the dean. (laughs) (laughs) He's the headmistress. Busta is the dean for uh, Haddonfield University. Um, So, uh, yeah, he's populating this uh, live stream and the location of the live stream, the abandoned Myers house. Mm -hmm. So assuming that the house actually is abandoned, Busta outfits the house with a bunch of fake creepy stuff that's supposedly from Michael's childhood and plans to play Michael himself, unbeknownst to the students in the house that are participating in the live stream. Mm -hmm. But of course, actually, Michael has been living under the house ever since his disappearance at the end of H2O and responds very naturally to the appearance of six college students in his house as fresh meat. Yeah. And kills them all. Well, why not? I mean, except for one. Um, So this one, they they tried to manage what H2O managed by filling it with recognizable faces, because in addition to Busta Rhymes, Tyra Banks is in it. Uh, Sean Patrick Thomas, you know, off of his little bit of fame uh, from Save the Last Dance. Uh, Bianca Kajilic, who was also on Dawson's Creek. Uh, Katie Sackoff, who at the time probably nobody recognized, but she's the mom in Oculus, which we were just talking about earlier, is one of my favorites that we'll hopefully do someday. Mm-hmm. Luke Kirby, 
from the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is one of these college students. Oh. Thomas Ian Nicholas from American Pie is one of these college students. So they definitely... It's like a 2002 who's who of... Exactly. Uh, they were like, who <laughs> really can't get on a project right now, but has a recognizable face? I'm Googling this right now. Please do. <laughs> um, but there's really nothing too original about the meat of the movie, which essentially in a Halloween movie is always the killings. So the killings that take place in the house of all these college students. It's like, okay, they, they all die one way or the oh, other. Katie Sackhoff, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, that's right. She's in Battlestar Galactica, uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the only original element is the addition of the spectators on the internet because it is being live streamed. And so you have, it cuts into scenes of people um, watching this occur online and being like, that's so fake. You can totally tell that she's not really dead when in actuality she I mean, like, really is dead. She's getting her head chopped off. Yeah. They're Aye. like, that, you can totally tell it's a dummy. Um, so in the end, the house does burn down. Michael supposedly dies in the fire. Um, sure. Sarah, who, it, Sarah and Busta Rhymes are the only two that survive. Uh, she insists on seeing his face before he's off to the morgue. Uh, they send him off to the morgue where he, what? Comes back to life. Um, eyes popping open moments before the credits roll. Uh, so we're primed for another super basic sequel that thankfully... <sighs> Was never made. I'm glad. Throw that into the toilet where it belongs. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you want to put on something that is just absolutely grown worthy, mm -hmm. it's there. It, it delivers. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, we, you know, it had the the lines from, you know, Busta Rhymes, like bursting through a door and being like, trick or treat, motherfucker. <laughs> like, it's just so bad. Oh, but man. if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> I love Busta. I love Busta that, Rhymes, too. I, and too I, I gotta say, I did see this movie in the theater. This oh. was, so 2002 was actually the year I started dating my husband. Oh. So he was a little bit more indulgent at that point <laughs> in our relationship of the things that I was interested in that he was not. Obviously. Yeah, because he took he me to see it, this in like, the theater. Ugh. He also took me to see Freddy versus Jason in the theater, wow. which I believe if it didn't come out the same year, it must have just been the following year. You're just putting up with your crap right Yeah, left. yeah. And <laughs> perhaps if I hadn't exposed, because he wasn't a horror movie guy, if I hadn't exposed him to these particular selections so early on, I might have had a chance of roping him into the world of horror, but since his main exposure at the beginning of our relationship was such garbo, such dog shit, oh, um, no, that uh, it, I, maybe I never stood a chance. Yeah, you didn't help yourself out. That's yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. So, so that's um, you know that's kind of the end of another uh, timeline. You know, we had the original one, two, four, five, six, which is where J uh, Lori dies and has her daughter, and the story continues with her daughter. Yeah. Um, then this next one is one, two, seven, eight. So it's the first two movies. Then we skip Jamie's daughter. We pretend she faked her death, and then we have H two O and resurrection. Okay. okay. Um. So there, there are. <laughs> Um, there's another timeline that we'll get into, but before we get into the next continuation of the story, we have to acknowledge the going back and remaking of the initial story by Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I did not make a note of what year the Rob Zombie Halloweens came out in, so let me see if I can pull them up here really quick. Um I didn't either. I 2007 mean, okay. is when his, the first one, the first Rob Zombie Halloween came out. Right, and yeah, yeah. I I mean, I 
when I first saw it, I, I saw it in the theater. And then 2009 was the second okay. one, so yeah. I saw it in the theater, and I thought, <clears throat> oh, that was really good. And what I liked about... Now I feel differently. Yes, um, same. And I Big don't, fan at the beginning, yeah. now not so much. And I, I felt... I feel like I just sort of grew out of my enjoyment of Rob Zombie movies. <laughs> and um, Nothing against him, it's just like... They're just... There's a way he writes dialogue that bothers me in oh, a way. Okay. Also, and I never really gave a lot of thought to the dialogue that it's he just wrote. very cheesy, and I'm like, or to me, it's irritating. It's grating to me. Mm-hmm. Also, it's really gruesome to be. It seems just like. Um, I call it hate watching, where I'm watching it, yeah. so I'm like, why am I watching this? Yeah. And I enjoy. I first liked <clears throat> Devil's Reject, I liked House of a Thousand Corpses, and I was like, oh, those movies are so good, mm-hmm. and then I rewatch them again. 15 years later, I'm almost 40, and I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah. I just feel like maybe I just changed as and, a person, And, you know, maybe? it's probably not an unusual evolution that people go through from yeah. when they're younger to, you know, when, when they mature. As yeah. we have matured. We are such yeah. mature people. But I did appreciate the um, Dr. Loomis that they had, who was from uh, Clockwork Orange. Malcolm McDonald. Yeah. yeah. And I did enjoy... McDowell, not yeah, McDonald. McDowell. <laughs> um, the context of Michael, of who he is and why he is. The way he is, I found I found that kind of compelling. Yeah, that um, for me in in the first one, um, I think is what makes it the hardest because you know you, you have the term hate watching. I I lean on the term um, torture porn for this kind of movie where it's really um, it designed to be as shocking as possible. Yeah, um, they're really trying to push those limits of mm-hmm. what somebody can can watch and not turn away, or watch and not be shocked and disgusted by. Um, you know, the Saw movies, the Hostel movies, all of those. The um, Hills Have Eyes, like a lot of yeah. the. There was a, a time period there where there's a lot of those movies being made, or The Strangers, where I, I really yes, enjoyed the Strangers, them at first, yeah, but it's and then didn't. Yeah. Um, and so, like you mentioned, so one of the things that's unique about, uh, because, you know, his first movie, it was supposed to be a remake of the original Halloween. It starts with Michael Myers as a child, but the 1978 movie, Michael Myers as a child, for like the first seven minutes of the movie. Yes. In this one, it follows his childhood experience for like the first half an hour of the movie. Right. Um, his house is very unkempt. His mom yeah, is... Yeah, they're a, definitely like... <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie, because she has to be in every movie he makes. Right. It's just, they, they're clearly, you know, like white trash. Like, it's a completely different per- take on the Myers family than you get from the original. Like, in yeah. the original, it seems like they're just a normal, typical suburban family, and he's a lunatic. And with this one, it's like, he's a product of his environment. Like, yes, he also probably has some organic condition, but mm-hmm. he is in a, a verbally abusive, neglectful, unhealthy environment for a child to be growing up in. And yeah. it manifests then, you know, it's like the animal harm, the... And then that escalates to violence towards others. And so you see, and then you get a lengthy view of the relationship building between Michael as a child with Dr. Loomis in that time period where Dr. Loomis is actually still trying to treat him before he decided. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it gave us that, that element of the story that they didn't take the time for in the original. Right. I think it was glossed over. It was like briefly mentioned. Like I tried to treat him, but didn't work. 
So yeah, he was we, evil. He, that's it. There you go. Um, and so I, I totally appreciate um, Rob Zombie deciding to take a good portion of his movie to devote to that story because it does um, really amplify the character. It was really interesting. It was really well done. It was mm-hmm. also really hard to watch. Because yeah. it was so gruesome and horrifying, um, and yeah. like the the one thing and, that like, I and watching abuse, yeah, w- watching the abuse when he's a child, and then the the scene that I re- I still like, I just have to fast forward or leave the room or whatever is like because then after Michael's grown, the time when the two orderlies go get another inmate from the institution and bring them to Michael's room and are like gang raping her in Michael's room, mm-hmm. I'm like. This this to me doesn't feel like it's essential to the plot no. to have this this happening to this girl. Um, it does, you know, allow for Michael to get out of his cell, which is an essential part of the story. But they didn't need to introduce it was really just to try and horrify and shock you as mm-hmm. much as possible. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's just like it. A lot of the his movies, Rob Zombie's movies and this and these Halloween remakes or hit the remake and then the sequel that mm-hmm. came out have elements of like snuff. Yes. To me. And yeah. that's very unsettling and bothersome to me mm-hmm. and seem unnecessary. And I'm a Rob Zombie fan. I will be one forever. Mm-hmm. I just, and I'll watch it initially and I'll be like, okay, yeah. I watched it, but nothing where I'm like, you have to watch it. Yeah. Or I'm and like, watch it over and over. No, Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. I remember the first time I put this, because I have the DVDs of these, because the first time I saw it, I really liked it, and then it came out on DVD, and that was what back when people bought DVDs, and then I like put it in one time, and I remember very clearly the day that I'd put it in, and it was the first sequence of Young Michael, and I was like, what does it say about me as a person that I consider this entertainment? Right, yeah. And I was like, it was a very very reflective moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you mentioned, the, the cast in, in this one is great. Malcolm McDowell as Loomis was a really, really great performance. Mm-hmm. They also brought in Brad Durif, who's in a ton of stuff, as the new Sheriff Brackett. Dee Wallace plays Lori's mom, who, you know, she was the mom in Cujo. She was in a ton of yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's a ton of um, stuff. She's really great. Clint Howard had a little part in there as mm-hmm. one of the asylum people. Danny Trejo was the... Yeah, was the He's orderly. Like, I treated you so good! Yeah, and it didn't help him. It didn't save him. No, he didn't give a crap. Um, but then the best moment that I love is that Daniel Har- Danielle Harris, who played young Jamie, Lori's daughter, in those terrible sequels, is brought back to play the new Annie. Yeah, I appreciated that too. That and was a pretty good, uh, very good throwback, nod. Very good nod. Um, and so, uh, you know, at the end of this one, like, there's a couple of differences from the original. Um, Annie lives, which obviously she dies in the original, but they have Daniel Harris's character live in this one. Um, and it's Laurie that finally kills Michael in the end of this one. Like, you definitely Taylor Scout Compton like did an amazing job with Laurie's character. Um, and you really just see her responding like a totally normal teenage girl who has absolutely no bandwidth for what's happening to her mm-hmm. um, and being pushed past her limits and be and trying to survive and everything like that. Her character was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it continues to be really good into the second one, even though the, the second one was um, a little little more original it did bring it back to the hospital a bit as a nod to the original number two um, which took place entirely in the hospital um but this one it begins in the hospital but then she's out and she's since her family is dead she's now being she's living with sheriff brackett and annie Mm -hmm. and it's the three of them together um i did margot kidder 
is in it, which I thought was pretty great. So she mm-hmm. um, she was the mom in the original Amityville movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I can't think of, I mean, she's obviously, she was an accomplished actress, so she's in other things as well. And Octavia Spencer, like, had a bit part as one of the nurses. That was before she had started getting um, recognizable. Um but uh, I thought that this was a good continuation of the story. I did not love the stupid supernatural Sherry Moon element where it was like the white horse. She's got the horse. And, and her. And she's like got to be in vision. every movie. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was like they were spiritually stalking Laurie. And it was just, it was stupid. I didn't like it. I feel like yeah. slasher movies are, are reality. They're not yeah. supernatural. Like, yeah. you could talk about, speculate, like, oh, he's evil. So mm-hmm. maybe that indicates, like, a demonic or whatever. But in the reality, it's it's a man killing people. That's what a slasher is. And you, like, now you have a woman in a white dress walking down the hall with a white horse and everything. And you're like, what is happening? Yeah, it's, it was a reach. Then, uh, not really necessary. Yeah, no, I wasn't a super big fan of that. But, I mean, I feel like if you're if you're a horror movie fan, if you're a Halloween fan... They are worth watching once. Yeah. You You have to prepare to be upset. Mm -hmm. Certainly would never show it to a young person under any circumstances. No. No. Um, But it's a really... snuff. Yeah, yeah. It introduces some interesting ideas and perspectives and elements to the story that weren't there before. Yeah, I I agree. So I give him credit for that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I found it interesting... For sure, and um, I like more context behind the villain, behind the mask. Yeah, like who he was. yeah, because they didn't, you know, they didn't really try before. It's just he's just bad. Yeah, he's just bad. And I don't think they had the budget to even go into it, really, if they, even if they wanted to. Well, and it's almost like what makes the original kind of pure. Yeah, you know, they, it w- didn't get bogged down in psychology or you know, is it is it a demonic presence? Is it abuse? Is it nature? Is it nurture? Like whatever. It was just like, mm-hmm. this is an entity that is killing, and yeah. that was it. Just simple. He's and that simplicity, a man. He's like a evil boogeyman. Exactly. It's not a man. Yeah. <laughs> but in in that simplicity, there's there's like real scariness. Hmm. Yeah. Because there's no explanation. There's no reason. Right. Yeah. It's, it's just. It's just fear. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just yeah. two different angles. I think that if you're an enjoyer of Halloween, I would maybe say skip Resurrection and watch Halloween. <laughs> Rob Zombie. Yeah. One. Well, yeah. What I put down was I said if you're um, if you're going to honor Lori as the goat final girl, you have to go one two H two O. And then the 2018 movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. don't, you can't watch anything in between. Um, but yeah, I feel like if I were just going to recommend to people, like, you could even skip number two, really. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it was so-so. You yeah, know, you I mean, one, you watch the first one, you watch H2O, and then maybe you go to the most recent ones, which... Well, it's because they, they basically were like, well, that didn't happen, so you wouldn't have to. Right? Yeah, it like erases it erases anything. the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But um, you know, that's the only time that they someone's actually remade Halloween. The next project continued the story. Yeah. Um, in a manner that Meredith is going to describe for us now. Yes. Yeah, so it was Halloween. It's just called Halloween, and it was released in 2018. And I'm going to do a synopsis. I taped a lot, but I'm going to try to be fast. Sorry, we knew this is going to be a big episode. You so. don't have to be fast. We're only at 15 I'm minutes. Gonna, ah, okay. Um, all right, We're only so the, 50 minutes, and we've only got two more movies. Sure. Okay. <laughs> so the movie opens um, at Smith Grove 
um, Smith's Grove ha- re- Rehab Center, we hear a man talking to a patient. Patients are standing around. A record starts playing. Two people, a man and woman, begin recording their podcast as they wait in the visitor area. A doctor named Dr. Sartain comes in and happily discusses Michael Myers. He explains that he obs- he's obsessed with Michael and he can talk. Um, and that he can talk, but he chooses not to. Michael, mm-hmm. um, that is. They had to. Um, they walk out to a red and white checkered yard um, with a lot of different patients. They're kind of strapped to different they're like, areas. Yeah, they're like chained to yeah. anvils or like yeah. giant weights so that it's, they can't run away. Yeah, it's like I guess they're outside time. Maybe. Yeah, it's it's yard time. Um, so the podcaster introduces introduces himself. To Michael, his name is Aaron, and he uh, has come to ask a few questions. Receiving no answer, he pulls out Michael's mask and saying, you feel it? Do you feel the mask? And the patients get all riled up, and they start kind of, like, yelling and doing, like, kind of shuddering and be like, ooh, like, weird Yeah, making feeling. weird noises. Um, things get more tense in the pot, and Aaron tries to goad him into talking or responding. And then it's the title card, like, Halloween, and uh, with a jack-o'-lantern and the, ca- um, the candle. Um, the next scene, we see Aaron and Dana, are podcasters, they're recording and they're driving, um, and he's talking about Michael Myers as they're driving. Um, they arrive to a gate, and Dana takes out an envelope of money. He's like, but we're journalists, we don't pay for interviews, and she's just like, whatever. I mean, if we want to get the interview, we have <laughs> yeah, to pay. Yeah, <laughs> funny. They use a call box at the gate, and um, the answer, person who says, yes, who is this, is Jamie Lee Curtis's Lori Strode. They offer her money for an interview, and then she buzzes them inside. The house looks very fortified. There's lights on the top, locks, iron bars, etc. Aaron and Dana interview Lori. Aaron asks if the boogeyman's real. Lori says he should believe in him. And they ask her why he um, is, or excuse me, why is he the way he is? They say he's a human being. You know, like, why are you so, you know, he's a human being. You know, you, sh- you should have a sit down. And talk it out. Mm -hmm. And we can record it for our podcast. She's not interested in knowing why. Dana uh, asks Lori about her losing custody of her daughter, Karen, which is a a touchy subject because, you know, she lost custody of her and she's Mm -hmm. just like, okay, interview's over. You can leave. I think this is also the point that we find out that this trajectory abandons the second movie. Of H2O? Yeah. No. Halloween 2. Oh, okay. Because she she says that um, that he killed like her friend. I think it's something about the body count. Because um, in Resurrection they include the nurses and orderlies that die in number two, mm-hmm. but I think in this one they eliminate even that, and so it's only her friends are the yeah. only ones that he's killed to that point. Yeah, I don't, I don't really. I, I, I said not that it's super that, important, but. but. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we see a family. Um, the next scene, the family getting ready for the day, chatting. A teenage daughter, Allison, asks her mom, who's Karen, the daughter of Lori. And I, I had to correct my um, notes because I kept saying Judy because she's played by Judy, Judy Greer, Greer, who yeah. I love. Uh, but I was like, oh, wait, no, no, no. She's Karen. So She's such a Karen. <laughs> <laughs> um, she asked her mom, Karen, if she invited grandmother to her dinner, who's Lori, of course, and, and celebrating her National Honor Society stuff. It's a celebration dinner. Her mom says she did invite her, but she's agoraphobic. She won't leave her house. And, you know, it's nothing personal right. you know, against you. Allison is walking to school with her friends and she shares that she knows her her mom is full of shit. <laughs> As we all do. Her, we all know our moms are full of shit. Didn't invite grandmother. 
Uh, I was laughing. It's a sort of re- a weird aside, but like she calls her grandmother grandmother, and that's what I call my grandmother. I called my grandmother grandmother. We, we have official. a we have a family member that is called grandmother, grandmother by all of her grandchildren, yeah, and so it's just so awkward. It's very awkward, but that's just like I was told it's what to some call people her do that my yeah. whole life, and yeah. to me it wasn't weird until mm-hmm. like I was told like that's a little bit like you know tight neck, you know like official. Yeah. And then in this movie, she called You will respect too. me. I know. I was like, Which oh. is like not what you would expect Lori to want. She probably didn't. She's like, eh, It wasn't up to Lori, like, probably. Karen nah. was like, you call her grandmother. Yeah. Karen's <laughs> like, we're a normal family, damn it. <laughs> you call her grandmother and I'm mother. Um, so she says she knows her mom's full of shit. And she tells her friends that they didn't invite her and laments about her family. Just They just act a little nuts on Halloween. Her friends ask if Michael is her brother's, uh, her grandmother's brother, and Allison says, look, that's not true. That's just something made up by yeah. the, the media. Which so I think is another uh, evidence that they abandoned episode two, because in the first episode, there's no mention of Laurie yeah. and Michael being related. That idea was introduced in the second movie. Yeah. So that squashes that. Yeah. Like, immediately. So Allison gets to school. She talks to her boyfriend about their costume. She goes to class, sees her grandmother, um, Lori. She's waiting outside. She goes outside to talk to her, and Lori gives her the money that she got from the podcasters, the envelope oh, yeah. of cash. Yeah. And she's like, hey, just spend it. Go travel. Go, like, live your life. And Allison, Don't save it for college. Yeah, don't save it for, for college. For go, college. Do, go live your life. Um, and Allison's like, this will make mom so mad. She's like, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know, basically. I want I honestly, I want a grandma like Lori Strode. I love Lori Strode. I would love to have um, her for a grandma. So Allison asks if it was worth being afraid of the boogeyman who, and like losing her family and not having these moments like of being with your family. And, uh, Lori says it, it's worth it if, if, um, Karen's prepared to face the horrors yeah, that, basically. that will be there in your life. Like she'll sacrifice mm-hmm. those relationships if yeah. it meant that She's her daughter like would live. It. It's yeah. worth it if she's ready for, for Michael or any impending, like, bad, bad right. stuff. Allison asks her to, you know, you need to let it go. You need to let Michael go and you need to get over it, basically. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like, she, you know she loves her grandmother, but she also wants her to be there for her. Yeah. Well, because at this point, it's been 40 years. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. Lori, the events that happened to Lori happened 40 years ago. And yeah. she is still not at peace with the trauma. So I could see right. her granddaughter being like, Dude, grandmother, you need to get over this. Get o- like do do that whatever that texting therapy is yeah. that they have now. Sure, sure. Go back to um, only help, get better help or whatever. The <laughs> right. <thing Yeah>. <laughs> they don't uh, support us, by the way. So, yeah, anyway. yeah, no, we're not um, we're not getting paid for this. <laughs> no. So Alex, she says, "Let it go." And then the next scene, you see Lori just shooting guns for a long time. It doesn't seem like she's going to be getting over it anytime no, soon. No, <laughs> she's like, "Fuck this mannequin! I'm going to blow sure. his head off." <laughs> so the next scene, pres- prisoners are being hurt. It on to uh, put on a bus to be transferred. Lori is sitting in a truck. She's watch, you know, watching. She's drinking booze. She's listening to the poli- radio police scanner. She's just like just nervous. A good old Friday night. Um, she's li- <laughs> as we are watching this. You're also hearing Loomis's tapes talking about the need for for Michael to die. Like Michael needs to die. Michael needs to die. And yeah. it's very like. Um, I love Loomis, and I felt like it was very... It was, was it actual Donald Pleasant's audio that they were re- able to reuse? I don't know. I don't okay. know. But it felt... I was like, ooh, like, I enjoyed... I thought it was really um, good. It was a really good scene. Um, she was struggling. She really wanted to shoot Michael as he was being put onto the bus, but she didn't do it. Um, Maybe she should have. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, the family dinner's on happening 
in full swing. Uh, Allison's there with her boyfriend. They're chatting, eating dinner. Uh, then Lori arrives late. She walks and she's like, I'm so sorry I'm late. She just walk, pick, walks up and picks up a glass of wine, starts chugging it down, and then starts cr- bursting out crying. I mean, that's basically <laughs> how I approach every family dinner as well. That's how I always <laughs> arrive. She's saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. Um, she tells them she, she saw Michael and she said, I wanted to kill him, but they didn't. And they're in, like in a full restaurant. Everyone's like, Yeah, they're, the they're f- like in an Applebee's. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, it's nicer than that, but it's like in the middle of this and, restaurant. And everyone's like looking at her, like causing a scene, basically. Yeah. Um, she says, She can't stay. I can't stay. And she like walks out. Um, then Karen bitchily says, I hate to say I told you so. <laughs> oh, man. No, you don't, Karen. They You're don't. glad to say Karen, you told you so. I hate to say you told you so. Uh, anyway, so Allison chases grandmother outside. She gives her a hug. She comforts her. She's crying. You can tell Allison just loves her grandmother so much. She, yeah. And, and, Rightfully know, she, so. Lori yeah. is amazing. Trauma and all. Uh, Karen comes out. She tells Allison. She says, there's a lot more about my childhood than I have told you about. Yeah. Basically, this is what I grew up with. And... Um, she, you know, she said she had to learn how to shoot, fight, prep, and for you know, get ready for all of the incoming horrors that yeah. um, that Lori. I mean, has lots of kids are raised by preppers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bunch out there, I'm sure. So then Karen's worried. Her husband says it'll be it'll be fine. Oh my god, yeah. I love the dad character. He's in so much stuff. Yeah, and I love. I, I just love, love that that, that moment, like the first scene where you see him and he's talking about setting the rat traps and he's like mm-hmm. using peanut butter and it like he spills and like, he goes, These- "I got peanut butter on my penis." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Dad, oh dad, you're grossing me out, stop it." <laughs> So then next scene, there's a little boy and a man driving. The little boy is telling his dad he likes being in nature with him, but he does. he's missing his dance class. Um, and they pull up on a bus at, on the side of the road. There's prisoners roaming. Dad says, I'm going to go check it out. And the little boy calls the police. He goes out to look for his dad. He has his rifle in his hand. He finds a guard on the ground. He looks grotesque and weak. He says, run. You need to run. Um, he continues, like, he's like, Daddy, Daddy, he's looking for his dad, and out pops the doctor, uh, Dr. Sartain, he says, don't shoot, and then he shoots, gets shot, because, like, he scares the shit out of this little yeah, boy. Yeah, don't, don't startle a child <laughs> who's holding, who's got a rifle primed on you. Sorry, yeah, sorry everyone if you had your ears blasted, but it was, um, not smart. Anyway, he runs back to get to the car and starts it, but Michael is in the backseat, and he kills the little boy. Uh, Officer Hawkins is called to the scene. He arrives and calls for assistance, and he, um, and he says, "I need backup right away." He finds the little boy, uh, the, his, I mean, excuse me, his father, and it looks like his neck is just like bent backwards. It's yeah, really it's horrific. Fully broke. And then he finds the doctor, uh, Sartain, and he says, "Did Michael escape, or did he escape?" Um, so, the next scene is podcasters. Those podcasters, Aaron and Dana, they're visiting the cemetery. And Judith Myers is grave, but they are being observed by someone in a white jumpsuit behind a tree. Um, totally normal. Sure, that's fine. Then, <laughs> meanwhile, at the hospital, Officer Hawkins is concerned about Michael being the one of the um, escaped prisoners. The sheriff is like, we found a few chasing butterflies. It's whatever. And he's like, um... This one no, would Michael not be Myers, chasing this butterflies. Bad. This yeah. is bad that he's it's also Halloween night. And the sheriff's like, oh, what did he do? Because it's Halloween? And you're like, yes, fucking yes. Yeah. Why would we not? <laughs> but it is kind of weird to to wrap your head around this idea that this Michael Myers hasn't killed anyone for 40 years. It's not the Michael that we've seen killing like people in like six and seven count. other movies. Uh, yeah. 
You know, it's like this is a man that's been incarcerated this entire time and hasn't done something for this long. And so it's 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 hard to kind of separate every all of the other movies that came before mm-hmm. and be like, nope, this is this is the reality we're working with right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, then you're like, why aren't you panicking? Well, I mean, this like, man's this been guy... in, he's been locked up for 40 years. He killed a couple of people 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we're worried, but not that worried. It's not like yeah. this is a man that's been actively killing hundreds of people in the ensuing years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that is a good point. That, you know, why it was so, like, understated reaction or, like, They were like, not... eh, it'll be fine. You know, what are you going to do? You know, old. Shrunk. Yeah, Shrug. <laughs> um, so then, meanwhile, at a gas station, we see Aaron and Dana um, getting gas. Dana says, I'm going to go use the go use the loo. Uh, a man, oh, yeah, she's a Brit. Yeah, a man with giant boots comes in while she's in there and starts opening all the doors of the stalls. So he what attempts a perv. To, yeah. He attempts to come in, and Dana says, someone's in there, in the stall. Uh, then, at the same time, Aaron goes to the gas station um, to find the attendant discovers a dead man in the garage wearing only his undergarments and his gas station uh, outfit or uniform is, is, missing. is missing. Yeah. Back in the bathroom, hold on, I have to turn my page. In the bathroom, <laughs> Dana watches as um, a hand reaches over the, her stall door and drops a handful of just like bloody teeth. And oh, then she's like, That whole screaming. bathroom scene was amazing. It was so, so good. intense, so, so well good. shot. And to me, that didn't feel snuffy. No, it, it didn't. It didn't feel well gratuitous. It was super, it was like focused on the suspense and like the energy and the, you know, the, the tension of the situation. It yeah. was, it was perfect. I totally agree. Um, so she attempts to escape. She's like being very like, very finicky about the bathroom at first. And then she's just like crawling on the bathroom floor. Like, oh, I've got to get out of here. And. Uh, Aaron busts in. He's he has a tire iron. He's trying to protect Dana, but Michael kills Aaron and then um, Dana as well. He's finally finally able to retrieve his mask from the trunk of their car, and then Michael has his mask finally. It is complete. Um, so Lori hears about the bus being crashed. She's listening to the police scanner all the time, uh, and then at Karen's house, she comes home. Um, or excuse me, Karen comes home from grocery shopping and notices the back door is just, like, open. And then um, out busts her mom coming down the stairs, like, you gotta make out! You know, like, you left your door open? What the hell are you I mean, doing? whose mom hasn't done that? Yeah, Lori's like, what the fuck? You're not even blocking your door? I Michael, you nothing? Michael's escaped. Like, this shit's real. And she's like, there's butterflies and love and everything fuzzy unicorn. I don't know. She didn't say that. But she was like, like, Karen's like, this is fine. Stop, like, being ridiculous. I have to make dinner. You need yeah. to leave. I think at this point, Karen is already wearing what she wears through the whole second movie, though. She's wearing a Christmas sweater. Oh. <laughs> like, it's such a deliberate, like, she does not acknowledge the existence of Halloween. Yeah. She's wearing a Christmas sweater on October 31st. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. She's like, fuck this holiday. I'm done. <laughs> Um, so Karen and Ray, her husband Ray, they're like, you need to go. We are going to make dinner, you know, get the fuck we, out. We are normal people. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. They're like, you're crazy. So bye bye. So Lori's like, fuck you. You know, oh shit. And so she sees the aftermath of the gas station. She's, she knows what's happening. And everyone, um, police, you know, police force, they know it's Michael. Isn't you know? this all, the gas station also where she meets Will Patton's character again for the first time? Um, I don't recall. I think maybe, but because I didn't he, make that I, note. I can't remember the name of his character, but he ends up being like super important. Officer um, Hawk, um, Hawkins is 
Oh, Will Patton's character, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like they... And he's in a ton of stuff as well, so yeah. people watching this movie yeah. would definitely recognize him. Yeah, Will Patton is mm-hmm. like his name, I always, with him and Bill Paxton, those yeah. are like two names that I always have to be very careful to associate the right one with the right person. Yeah, but interchangeable. But he's like... He ends up being, like, fairly important in this movie, and, like, he's a big part in the second movie, yeah, too. Yeah, definitely. So, he's, yeah, Officer Hawkins is his him, or deputy, or I can't remember what, what he is. I think right? it, well, because it does flashbacks and mm-hmm. stuff, and so, yeah. yeah. So, then, um, so, as Halloween Night begins, and we see trick-or-treaters roaming about getting their candy, you see Michael begin his rampage of killing as he just storms, goes through homes. Uh, Michael sees a, a couple that are leaving for a date. He goes into a home. He kills a woman. Um, she right before was called and warned about like murders nearby at the yeah. gas station. She's like, Oh my oh. gosh, you know, horrible. She pulls the shade, bam, she's Is killed. that the crib scene? Um, no, that was another scene. Another house? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So she like looks out the window, Michael kills her. Meanwhile at the high school you see Allison is um and her boyfriend as Bonnie and Clyde. He's Bonnie and she's Clyde. It's very funny. Allison takes a call from her friend Vicky, who's uh, babysitting Julian, and she invites him over for some al- alakazam. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Julian's I love like, that I know whole, you're talking about wheat. <laughs> that whole dialogue between her, it's the totally babysitter and the kid so funny. is it's totally awesome. Like, it's an amazing comedy relief. Yeah, well, and it's like, it's lame. such a modern version of, like, the dialogues between Lori and Tommy, like, in the first one. Yeah. Of, like, that babysitter kid, like, the cheeky back and forth and everything, and then yeah. this is, like, that same vibe, but, like, brought into 2018. Definitely, and it was, it's it's very funny, and you love Jillian. Um, so they, and he, uh, Vicky invites them over to the house. Lukey, Luke, uh, excuse me, Lori calls her while she's talking to Vicky, but, um, they, she kind of lets it go to voicemail. Julian is tucked in, um, and then he sort of like looks um, and notices something in the closet, and then the um, it goes back to the high school scene with people dancing. Allison sees her boyfriend kissing some hussy. Some hussy, said. like dressed as like a leopard or some yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> Allison gets pissed. She walks off. Um, her phone gets a call again from her grandmother, and and then I said her jackass boyfriend throws her phone into the pudding. Who <laughs> does that? Phones are hell expensive. A jackass. You don't do that. <laughs> she gets pissed and leaves. Uh, Lori's listening to the police scanner. She's cursing. Out the neighborhood, basically. <laughs> we hear that familiar heavy breathing watching Vicky through the window. Her boyfriend, Dave, arrives and shows her his ta- uh, his tattoo. She says, we're going to dry fuck or hump or something. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to dry fuck the shit out of you tonight. And you're like, really? really? Okay. That's hot. So then they make it on the couch. <laughs> Vicky hears a loud thump upstairs. She says, go check it out. Uh, then at the same time, Julian runs downstairs and he says, I saw, you know, he saw a man in the hallway. The boogeyman's in the house. Hell yeah, he And is. then Vicky says, oh, I'll go check it out. He's like, no, not you. Ask Dave to go upstairs. <laughs> I like you. Send Dave Send first. Send that asshole. Send Dave first. <laughs> um, but she goes upstairs. She pretends to see somebody as a joke. And she, yeah. um, she's like, oh my gosh, you need to leave. But you then need to get out of no here. one's there. And he, she tucks him in and says, like, there's nothing really there. And it's safe. Come in, in bed. Meanwhile, Dave's smoking outside, um, and then Vicky's talking to Julian and helping him back, back into bed, relax, relaxing in bed, and not be, don't be scared. Julian asks her, "Hey, say, can you know?" He's like, "Can you go check the closet really quick?" So yeah. she goes over there, to, and then she shuts the, tries to shut the door, but then the door won't shut all the way, and Michael is in the closet. Vicky tries to run away, but she slips on the wood in her socks. 
She says, run away to Julian. Dave walks in and he hears Vicky like screaming and Julian runs, tells him, if you run out there, you're going to get killed. <laughs> and he runs, he hauls his ass, this little boy hauls ass out of here. I'm getting out of this place. I know. Dave valiantly grabs a knife to go protect Vicky. Um, and then Officer Hawkins arrives at Julian's house and everything's quiet. Um, Lori arrives also and tells, says, everyone gets the, go the fuck inside. You know, like, you can't be out here. Yeah. Hawkins Get then in. Just, lock your doors. Yeah, We're not playing. This isn't, you know, a joke. This is not a drill. Mm-hmm. Hawkins then discovers a dead Vicky, and um, it's pretty sad. Lori's outside looking upstairs at the same time, and she sees Michael in the window. She shoots at Michael, which turns out to be a reflection. Michael leaves, but he, I feel like he was shot, maybe? But maybe. I'm not sure. Not that it matters. I, yeah, not that it matters. Hawkins then surprises Lori as she kind of like punches deck, gives him a, like decks him. Um, <laughs> then Sheriff Barker arrives with Dr. Sartain. Lori and Dr. Sartain finally meet. Allison and her friend Oscar all at this time, well, all this shit's happening too. Yeah. Um, they're walking home on a very dark street. They left the dance because she had yeah. that fight with her boyfriend. So now she's sure. walking home so with the other friend. So we know that Michael's out there and we know Allison's walking by herself in the same neighborhood, yeah. which is like very scary. Um, and then meanwhile, back at Julian's house, Dr. Sartain, Sartain and Officer Hawkins are discuss- discussing Michael in the car. Um, oh, wait, no, they're driving actually driving yeah. around so he tells officer hawkins that he is property of the state and he can't be harmed but hawkins is like yeah we'll see about that yeah um basically Lori then goes to pick up karen and their family and then he she's like you need to come with me you're you need to be, you'll be safe here but they don't know where allison is and they're not able to contact her because her phone's in the pudding um <laughs> Allison and her friend Oscar then climb into a yard to um, do um, a shortcut. shortcut. But it feels like it wasn't that big of a shortcut to justify climbing the fence that they climbed. Nothing it was like is ever cutting worth a climbing off. a fence. No. Um, and then at point, Allison rebuffs his kiss. And then she leaves Oscar, and then he starts getting stalked and killed by Michael by these, like, motion sensor lights, yeah. um, which was really well done. That was a pretty good scene, because he yeah. thinks it's, like, the homeowner, and he's like, oh, sorry, man, we so, were just cutting. He's cut, like, sorry, like, mister. So he, like, knew the guy. Yeah, because he was just cutting across their yard. Yeah, and then, I'm going to get out of here, I'm sorry, and then he gets killed. He's like, okay, uh, why are you being weird? I'm sorry. Uh, I said I'm I was sorry, sorry for cutting across your yard. Jesus. <laughs> um, so she runs a, um he gets killed, and then Allison, he's like, oh, and then Allison kind of walks back and sees Oscar killed on the fence, and she runs away screaming. That, yeah, and that was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Like, it was that little spire from the top of the gate, like, through yes. his jaw. Oh, it was awful. It was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then she runs away, and she start, starts running to a neighbor's house and says, like, please help me, please help me, and they let her inside, and, and she's okay for now. Um, Officer Hawkins and the doctor then arrive and to pick up Allison from the house and they're going to take her to Lori's house. And then at Lori's house, Karen and Ray choose from an assortment of weapons. From the <laughs> yeah, definitely opens a big ass like Terminator yeah. style gun cabinet. <laughs> right. So they're on their way. Allison, Dr. Sartain and Officer Hawkins are on their way. They see Michael and they hit him with the car. Officer Hawkins says he's going to shoot Michael again to just make sure he's dead. But Dr. Sartain takes 
out his pen that turns out to be like a very sharp razor knife and cuts Officer Hawkins' throat, like slits yeah. it. So like the, the doctor is like so fixated on Michael as this kind of like scientific asset of like study, like he has like su- his value yeah. Yeah, to, to understand him from, from this like scientific, you know, medical perspective that it's like he can't be killed. He can't be destroyed. He's too yeah. valuable. It, it's like his obsession. So he'd rather kill law enforcement and... Poor Will Patton. Yeah, it was not good. So, um, he just, he kill, he cuts him, and Dr. Sartain then takes off Michael's mask, and then he puts it on for a moment, then he loads like up... Like a real freaking weirdo. Like a weirdo. He loads <laughs> up my, an unconscious Michael into the car next to Allison. Yeah, here, you get in the back seat with this young girl. Yeah. Who is so, actually, well, no, because they're not actually related in this universe. It no. would have been his niece. Yeah, yeah. Great so, niece. Either way, it's creepy. <laughs> So Dr. Sartain wants to bring Michael to Lori, you know, to see what he will do. It's like all a big, crazy experiment. Yeah, exactly. It's an experiment. And as they leave, they run over Officer Hawkins. So then, um, yeah, there's more, uh, I said in my notes, more awesome and funny comedy tension relief because we see all these horrifying things. And then you see the police officer stationed outside Lori's home talking oh about God. their food talking choices. Talking about the sandwiches. Bon me. It's a Vietnamese bon sandwich. And then he's like, look Would what you... I brought. I brought a, a, a brownie and yeah. chocolate. And then the, his, so uh, like, his partner. A, that'd be like if a six-year-old packed his own lunch. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> and, and it's very funny and, and amazing. And I loved it. So um, they, you know, Dr. Sart or hold on. Allison tells, as they're driving, goes back from those police officers, it goes back to the um, Officer Hawkins' car where Allison and Dr. Sartain and unconscious Michael are driving yeah, to, so, to Lori. Yeah, so Hawkins is unconscious on the ground. Dr. Sartain is now driving the vehicle where Allison and the unconscious Michael are trapped in the back seat because it's a police car, so they behind can't get out. the cage thing. Yeah, behind the cage. Mm-hmm. They're, like, trapped in there. Yeah, so Allison says... Um, she, she tells Dr. Sartain, I heard Michael talk and if he lets her go, she'll tell him what, what he said. He's like, you gullible asshole. He's so obsessed. (laughs) He's like, uh, really tell me what she said. And they're kind of like right outside Lori's home, like right down the street. Oh yeah. Not very far. Uh, Michael wakes up and then crushes Dr. Sartain with his, the seat. He's like, yeah, he like just pushes the seat forward. I feel like if that was possible, Uh, that wouldn't be a very good security device in a police car. What's Michael? Obviously he's very Yeah. He's, he's freakishly Um, strong. (laughs) It's the devil. So Allison's like, ah, it gets me the fuck out of here. So she eventually, I can't remember exactly how, she weasels her way out, thank yeah, goodness. She and then uh, Michael takes out Dark Star Sartain. He's like, say something, say something. Very obsessed. And then he's like, no. Or you think he's probably thinking no. And yeah. then he steps on his head. And oh, him. that moment when he, because they don't, they don't cut away. Like no. he, he stomps on his head and yeah. like crushes his head and you see it. It's like. Uh, turning his face into a jelly. Yeah. Very, very awful. So, I mean, I'd Allison's like to say it looks like, realistic, ah! but who knows what that would look like. Hopefully know. not many people know what that would actually look like, but it was intense. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think it'd be so easy. <laughs> I mean, smash. you have to have Michael's strength. You're like, you would think a human skull is pretty sturdy, but yeah. he smashed the shit out of that. Yeah. So Allison manages to run away at this point. Officers go to check out um, the car that they see. I think um, they see uh, the car that's Officer Hawkins. They're like, what's yeah, the so it's like doing? another official vehicle. So they were like, mm-hmm. hey, hello. Yeah, and they're spotted by Michael. And then, and the other, the meanwhile, in the house, you see Lori's just fully preparing, and Karen makes a comment that Lori wants. My, she's like, you want Michael to come home? 
like, is this, this is what you're wanting? Yeah. Um, then finally the, they go, um, uh, there's a police car that shows up and it belongs to the, the, um, police officers that were like making jokes about the their sandwich food. guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they sh- show up outside Lori's home and Ray's like goes out to check it out. And he's like, Oh, what's the word? Like what's going on? Yeah. And he discovers the dead officers and then he gets oh, killed. Ray. Um, and it's, it's pretty sad. So Lori then tells Karen that Michael is here. And he tell, she's like, go into the basement, and the door to the basement is the kitchen island. It's yeah, like, very, it's, it swings to the side. Yeah, it's it's very cool, and um, it looks pretty secure. Lori waits for Michael, and... <laughs> it's very Lego movie. <laughs> yeah, so Karen goes down there, and then Lori waits for Michael, and then she gets brutally attacked and choked through the glass, um, of, in the um, glass window of the door. There's, like, a glass window, and he just, like, shoots his hand through. Yeah, that really seemed like an over... Like, Lori was so thorough with all the security and everything, but, like, the way that he punched through that glass, like, between the bars, it's like, did you not anticipate that being a possibility? Yeah. I guess she just wanted to be able to see out. I don't know. Yeah. What the fuck's cameras for? Anyway, so... (laughs) um, (laughs) So then, at this point, Lori is able to shoot off Michael's finger and goes into the basement with Karen. Um, Michael comes inside the house, he stalks, and he looks for Lori, and he walks, and he sh- and she's able to shoot. Uh, she shoots at Michael through the ceiling of the basement because she runs into the basement. She leaves the basement to br- go pursue Michael because she feels like he's been injured at this point. Then there's a t- tense scene where she's looking for Michael in each room, and as she clears the room, a gigantic cl- um, metal shutter door kind of shuts. Yeah, like at the mall mm-hmm. when they're closing the shops yeah. in the mall. Which I thought was very cool. Like yeah. She did that. She, she rigged her whole house with that. Yes. <laughs> Then she discovers Ray in the closet. He's dead. Then out comes Michael, and they fight. He throws her out of the house. That happens again. <laughs> I think I said that before in the other recap. She's thrown out of the house. Allison, like, off the balcony. Um, fi- Allison finally gets uh, inside after she runs through her grandmother's creepy yard with a shot-out mannequins yeah. and screams. All the mannequins with their yeah. heads blown off. She's like, oh, my gosh. So then uh, she comes in. Her- Karen hustles Allison into the basement. Michael attempts to break into the basement, and then Karen gets um, her, like, initialed gun. And it, yeah, it's from when she was she a child, it yeah. has her her, her initials, like, and etched she, into it. Yeah, and she's ready to shoot Michael. She feigns doubt, and she's like, I can't do it! Oh my gosh! And then you see Michael show up right there, and then she's like, ha, gotcha, and then she shoots him. That was the... <laughs> My favorite moment of the whole movie. It was great. Because you really, at that and her point, Christmas like... sweater. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah, like, her character, you yeah, yeah. you believe that she's, like, a big wussing ba- out. A big wussy baby. Like, that, you know, she's she's not she's not deserving of being Lori's daughter. Like, Lori mm-hmm. tried to prepare her, tried to train her, like, whatever. And she's like, I can't do it, Mom. I can't do it. And you're like, fuck you, Karen. Like, and then he Karen. steps into the frame, and she's like... Gotcha. Yeah. It was amazing. Oh my god, that was so satisfying. It was quite epic. I loved it. So then Lori stabs him and he injured her. There's back and forth. And eventually she's able to like pull this trigger like of this trap and it's like swords blades kind of like like, shoot from either side Mm -hmm. and jam into the thing. So um and then she's able to like start the um Basically, the trap, which is a fire, to yeah. like burning. They have like house. all these like gas mm-hmm. little yeah pipes, and then um, <laughs> I call it. Oh wait, he's but he's trapped in the blade gate and like looking up <laughs> at her. Um, obviously not talking, and um, she you know Karen's like it was a trap. 
basically. Like, yeah. this is, it was the you whole know, time. It was a trap. It was the always whole time. the plan. And they managed to get a ride in a truck. They're leaving, and then they see um, fire trucks coming the opposite direction towards her house, and they're like, "Let it," you know. Yeah, she's like, "No, no,", no. <laughs> and that's the end. Yeah. That's the end. And then I have, um, I mean, that movie's so good. So good. It was amazing. Oh, my God. Like, going and seeing that, like, having watched all of the previous Halloween movies and knowing the, you know, the different detours and the storyline changes and everything, it was perfect. I would not change anything about that movie. Very, very well done. Comedy relief, so funny. Perfectly used to break the tension at just the right moments. You loved all the characters, except Mm -hmm. the ones you were supposed to hate. Yeah, yeah. And it was so satisfying, like, all of the elements. It it was beautifully done. It was very, it was very funny. And little Julian's talking about clipping his nasty-ass toenails. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's funny, because you're like, ah, that's horrible! And then you're like, ha, 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 like, laughing, and... A lot of times in horror movies, the comedy relief is not funny. And you're yeah. like, well, that's a good try. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. But this, so the, the funny stuff is legit funny. Yes. It's very good. So, yeah. I have a very short synopsis, you know, courtesy of Wikipedia yeah. of Halloween Kills. Like, because I couldn't. I watched the movie, I watched it again, but I couldn't get it together to write my own little uh, synopsis, and it's way, way, way shorter. Well, and, yeah. and I would say that before you even start, I feel like looking in, in the context of the universe as a whole, Halloween Kills does the same thing to Halloween as Resurrection did to H2O, because at the end of the, the Danny McBride Halloween, it's such a satisfying conclusion of Lori's triumph of trapping him and destroying him and like the the trap that she set worked and there's that triumph and then mm-hmm. Halloween kills How do comes I do along this right away like and, immediately yeah okay. and then Halloween Let kills comes this. along and it's like just kidding he's not dead not he's getting, like, fucked everything up and everything like there's no triumph whatsoever he's fine He's so. totally fine. So it really it robs you of that satisfaction the same way that Resurrection stole H2O from Yeah, I you. can see that. That makes sense. Um, so Halloween Kills via Wikipedia. So I'm fully giving them credit. <laughs> credit, Wikipedia. Um, so October 31st and 78, which is when the original crimes occurred, you see Deputy Frank Hawkins, who was fr- um, in the first movie that I just talked about, Will but Patton's he's much, character. much younger. Yeah, uh, and he um, accidentally shoots his partner dead while he's trying to save him from Michael Myers, and then he also prevents Doctor Loomis from executing Michael as well. Then, forty years later, in 2018, after being stabbed and left to die by Doctor Sartain, Hawkins is found by um, you, you know the boyfriend. The boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then Cameron. He, yeah, Cameron, and he calls an ambulance, and um, Hawkins really regrets not allowing Michael's execution to happen. And right. he, he's like, I'm vowing to kill him. Like, yeah. you know, like I it's need my to... fault. Every death yeah. that he, everybody that he killed after that point is on me because yeah. I stopped him from being killed at yeah. that moment. And he knows there was like a, a bloodbath and he feels very, really guilty about it. So in the meanwhile, Tommy Doyle, he's celebrating the 40th anniversary of Michael's imprisonment along with other survivors, Marion Chambers, Lindsay, mm-hmm. Lindsay Wallace, uh, and then Cameron's father, who's Lonnie. That's um, a, one thing I would give total credit to this this movie mm-hmm. of bringing back those actual same actors. That was very cool because they obviously the the Tommy Doyle character is not the same man. It, it, what's that actor's name that played Tommy oh, Doyle? Shoot. He's he's a famous guy. 
Yeah, he's in tons of stuff. He's tons in the Breakfast stuff. Club, he, and he's in a ton of '80s movies, and he's just yeah, super popular. I, I, very, I don't know. Yeah, very, whatever very his name. Is. But um, the they got the same actress for so the nurse. So she's the one that was in the car with Doctor Loomis when they first get to Smith's Grove, and everybody's broken out. Yeah, Marion Chambers. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that that is the same actress that played the nurse in the original in 1978 is in this film, and then the same actress that played Lindsay Wallace in the original 1978 movie is back as the adult Lindsay Wallace in this film. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like so awesome that they got the ac- actual same actresses back. I, I agree. I thought that was very cool and I, I very, very much appreciate it. I don't think Lonnie was part of the original at all, right? It was just like... No, the Lonnie, that, that, his existence got introduced in this yeah. movie. But that actor, the adult Lonnie, mm-hmm. he is in a, a lot of um, Mike Flanagan's Shows. Is he really? Yeah, he was in Midnight Mass. He was in um, oh, Haunting yeah. in Hill House. Yeah. And, um, he's just like a very Oh, yeah, because he was the caretaker guy. in Hill House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. So I like that actor, and whenever I see him, I'm like, it's very entertaining and, and yeah. interesting. Well, and it, it folds things together, too, because his character, so supposedly... He he encountered Michael Myers as a child in 1978, and now he's an adult, and his son is Allison's boyfriend. Yes, yeah. So it's so they're all small all town meshed in with each other, <laughs> full, all full circle other. shit. Mm-hmm. So then um, they're they're all of them had survived an encounter with Michael in '78, and they're all just like celebrating drinking at this bar. Right yeah, now. as then, one would. Yeah. <laughs> then firefighters are responding to Laurie Strode's burning house, and then they accident inadvertently they release Michael, and then they he, Michael kills all of them. Um, Laurie Anthony and, Michael Hall. Anthony Michael Hall. Hello. Yes. That that's Tommy. <laughs> so then Laurie and uh, her daughter Karen and Allison are taken to the hospital, and then Laurie has to undergo surgery. She's like, she was really cut up. She was but, fucked up. Yeah. She well, and this is. Up. I feel like this is just a little nod to that hospital element mm-hmm. for the second movie. I, yeah, I, I think so too. Um, he she undergoes surgery. Michael then murders Laurie's neighbors before making his way back to Haddonfield as well. Um, Tommy, Marion, Lindsay, and Lonnie, they learn of the killing spree through, um, the wireless emergency alert, and then, um, a a bar patron supposedly encounters Michael in her car, and the driver crashes and escapes. Then Tommy, um, hold on, I'm turning my page, informs a mod of vengeful, like, residents. They're like, we're gonna, like, evil ends tonight. Mob justice Mm -hmm. plays a really big part in this movie. Oh, Definitely. They they're like, We're gonna kill Michael, Mob Justice. This they, is our town. This is we we Haddonfield is ours. Mm-hmm. Let's we're taking it back. So Karen's like waiting for her mom to get out of surgery and she's like oh, very happy. Like she's like, Oh we you know, we killed Michael, we got him and then she's informed that he's alive and he's like killing a lot they're of like, people. JK, that whole thing yeah. you did, he that's what I thought was really interesting. I don't know if you saw any of this, but when this movie came out, there was a big blowback because Michael Myers' character killed a bunch of firemen i know people are very and it's upset like, about that for t- for 40 years he's been killing doctors and nurses and teachers and, and, police children, officer and, and children and police officers and then all of a sudden in this movie he kills some firefighters and all of a sudden there, everyone's have like a problem with that. and we're like okay okay well, yeah let, let. we all know michael myers is a monster okay yes, so yeah like monsters kill people that shouldn't die can I we know. move on it's tragic so and it sucks i understand i would be mad too but he goes and kills a lot it's, of other and people and it's too. a fictional horror movie also that 
So then Karen is then, you know, she she hears this information. She's like, oh, my gosh. But then she doesn't tell her mom because she's like, she needs time to recover and she's going to fucking go ape shit. Yeah, you know, I know basically. my mom. She finds yeah. out she's still alive. So then Allison reconciles with Cameron, her um, boyfriend or ex. I don't know if they're broken up, whatever. Um, I mean, all he did was throw her <laughs> phone in a, in a punch bowl. I mean, yeah. So then she joins Tommy's mom, Mom Justice, to avenge her father, Ray, who who had died. And yeah. she's she's super upset. Lori and then Hawkins both, um, you know, like, they're in the same... They kind of, like, reminiscing, talking about their situation, and Hawkins is... It, um, does it feel vaguely romantic to you? With Lori? Yeah, it does. Like, there's a, there's a little bit a of love a... love connection. They're re- recovering in the same hospital room for some reason, Which I guess. is a very bonding experience. Sure. Uh, and they reminisce about the relationship they've had, like knowing each other over the years, him letting Michael go, and then her experiences also. Um, so then, warning that um, Haddonfield community stay in their houses, Marion, Vanessa, her husband Marcus, um, they're trying to like go and take care of this too, like help with the cause of getting rid of Michael. Yeah. Um, I, I'm adding these little ad libs to this synopsis. But no, I mean, it, yeah, like the basically the whole town mm-hmm. is up in arms. Sure. Yeah. And then they are killed by Michael. Lindsay's able to escape, um, but barely. Barely. It was, it was very scary. And then she is found alive by Tommy and Allison and um, Cameron. I do love that moment where she takes the, the, the trick-or-treaters that run away and leave their like pillowcase of candy mm-hmm. and she dumps the candy out of the pillowcase and fills it with bricks. Yeah, And that's that what awesome. she uses to fight back against Michael. I'm like, yes, girl! Yeah, she's like, break <laughs> your mouth! Take the bricks! Brick right in your mouth! Okay. So then the group, they map out, they try to find, you know, to go find Michael's path and the um, victim's location, and they figure out that he's um, going back to his house. Um, so then Tommy takes Lindsay to the hospital, and they um, go back with, um, to the former, they meet with the former sheriff, Lee Brackett, and mm-hmm. they reunite. Annie's and then dad. his daughter, yeah, his daughter Annie had died, and then, um, so then he, Lori's informed that Michael had survived. And then, she, of course, she's all like, I'm getting out of bed! Fucking, yeah. fucking she, like, get out grabs of bed. that syringe full of whatever the fuck and just, like, jams it into her ass and is like, I gotta keep fighting! She's like, fuck this, I'm getting out! So, um, so then, uh, across town, Michael then um, finds Big John and Little John, who are the current owners of his former childhood home, which was an insane scene. I really liked it, that, actually, that part. The yes. uh, Big John and Little John, because they were, like, dealing with trick-or-treaters who were yeah. being little shitters. It almost had, it had a little bit of a gentrification vibe to it. Of, like, it the, did. This couple. Their house like, was so nice and, like, Yeah, they, like, fancy. bought this, like, house that nobody else wanted because of this history, and they made it all cute and super oh, chic and shit. It was very and, nice. It was, yeah. it was gorgeous. But they're still I would being... live in there. I don't give a shit. Well, and, and when they I just leave town on Halloween. And when the tr- and those kids came and tried to like mess with them, and they like messed right back and totally like, Do you got know them. Which bitch was in this house? You're Do you gonna- know who you're messing with? <laughs> I know, Michael fucking Myers. Okay, um, so then yeah, Lori's super pissed. She's like, "You have to let me. You know, I have to go help deal with this shit." Uh, so then the um, other convict who escaped from the bus, he's trying to find help. And he was yeah. from Smith's Grove. And he um, is the one who was in Vanessa's car. And he's like, help me, help me, help Like, kind of, sh- you know, he's very, like, 
scared. He's he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He seems yeah. like he's very out of it. And he goes into the hospital and he's trying to find some help. Yeah. And Mob Justice basically hunts him down. I'm kind of like going off script now, but yeah. they but like, no, yeah, they decide. They, okay, this is Michael. Like, like they want Michael. a victim, that's and that's that. Yeah. He's he's there um, because he wears a mask, and they're like, well, that's you know, that's him. And so they chase him down, and everyone. Karen and is telling them, Karen, like yeah. Karen and Lori are both telling him, "That's not Michael. That's not Michael." Yeah, they try. They go and they're like, "It's not him." And the, despite all of the attempts to calm them down, um, uh, this this guy, his name is Lance, actually the the prisoner or mm-hmm. the psych patient. Mm-hmm. He um, is afraid and he's scared, and then he jumps to his death. Um, and then um, that's another yeah, pretty it, it grotesque was really horrible. moment. And then the former sheriff was like, "We became the monsters with this shit. Yeah. You know, we're what the fuck are we doing? Yeah, basically, it was a little bit of a oh, we're we're messing a little up. Wake up call. Yeah. Um, so then uh, Lori urges Karen to work with Tommy and then to go find Michael, It'd, like go hunt him down. Yeah. So then. Um, Meanwhile, Lonnie goes into Michael's home alone for some reason. He's like, I have to go by myself. Dies immediately. It's the stupidest thing. It is pretty stupid. Yeah. And then I mean, I guess like he's got all he's got with him is his teenage son and his teenage son's teenage girlfriend. Yeah. Like you're not going to be like, okay, come on, team. Let's go. Sure. But like, anyway, it didn't make sense. He's like, I'm going to go by myself. I have to do this. I have to face him myself. And they're like, what the fuck are you? He's like, bye. You're like, okay, bye, (laughs) dead man. Yeah. So then Allison and Cameron, they go inside. They find him, you know, they're, you know, find him dead. They, uh, then they're attacked by Michael. Michael murders Cameron. Um, Allison tries to run away. She breaks her leg in a horrifying way. Uh, She falls down the stairs also. Um, And she's like screaming and she's trying to like crawl away. But isn't um, that before Karen died? Because Karen, that's when... No, no, when... no, Cameron, I said. Cameron. Oh, Cameron. Yeah, I thought you said Karen. I was like, wait, what? Oh, no, no. Um, so she's she's like, get away from him. And then, um, meanwhile, so then Karen shows up and she's like, she takes his mask. She like stabs him, takes his mask. She, yeah, she takes like, a pitchfork into his yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, she like stabs him with a pitchfork. She's basically like, fucking chase me, bye. And then like run, you know, like, come get me. <laughs> She leads Michael into Tommy's huge mob, and they swarm, and they attack him, and they, like, you think they kill him. Yeah, he's, like, down on the ground. They keep they keep beating him and shooting him and mm-hmm. all this shit until yeah. he's not moving anymore. So then the mob sort of disperses a little bit, and um, Michael is gets back up, and he kills everyone. Yeah. Like, the entire mob, including Tommy um, and the sheriff, former sheriff, Brackett. Brackett, yeah. Um, back at uh, the house, at Michael's house, Karen... Um, the, uh, I think, well, Allison's being treated by paramedics. They're, like, putting her in the, the truck, uh, the ambulance, and Karen goes upstairs to, like, look out the window and, and sort of look at that spot where people keep returning to that spot to look out the window. Yeah. Um, and she looks out, and then Michael appears and stabs Karen to death in Judith Myers's old bedroom. And then, yeah, Lori's sort of at the hospital. I don't know. I mean, it was an entertaining movie i i felt like it was lacking from the first it didn't it didn't feel as as tight as the first one yeah it felt a little like all over the place Mm -hmm. for me um i the the characters that were in it um i i really loved except and i said this when we were just talking about before we started recording i didn't super love the characterization of tommy um, yeah, yeah. Tommy Doyle in in this movie, and nothing against Anthony Michael Hall, mm-hmm. um, you know, but uh, 
Yeah, there there were some fantastic elements to this this movie, but it just it didn't feel um, tight. It didn't feel like it came together in like a in a, in a real like story. Like not in, like it needs a beginning, middle, and end, but because it, it's a continuation of a story from the first one. But um, it it there was something missing. Yeah, I mean. I understand the whole concept of mom dresses and how we're the monsters now, but I also yeah, that, found it like I'm like what? I well, that's I mean if whatever. you're gonna if you're gonna include that element, if you're gonna introduce that element, that's great. But I didn't feel like it was done in a a very effective way. Yeah. In this, I I agree. I mean, I it's something where I'm like, I don't feel like it ruined the movie franchise or the new reboot. I no, guess, or whatever no. this is. Called. It was actually it was it was super worthwhile. And sometimes it's hard to be. Um, to to carry a story forward from you know wherever you left it at the last point. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I also think with the 2018 Halloween, it was just knocked it out of the park. It really did. And I think we went to watch this Halloween one um, with very very high standards, mm-hmm. and then I think maybe going into it with like lower standards would have maybe helped yeah a bit. well and i, I think know. that that's because the so the last installment in in this supposed trilogy right halloween kills is um or halloween ends mm-hmm. is supposed to come out in just a couple weeks yep it's coming out in a few um, weeks so actually Go by the time it. by the time this episode airs it will already be out right yes yeah, yeah it should be out and um maybe if listeners were just listening to you know refresh their memories without having to rewatch it yeah you know that would be probably, um, you know, a very like thorough. You should be caught up and can watch this <laughs> I, new one. one. Would hope. <laughs> I would, would hope. I'd hope. I went over everything. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but no, and I think I think that it was an excellent movie, even if it wasn't as fantastic as the one that that came right before it. Um, but it, very enjoyable, rewatchable. One of my favorite things that came out of it was um, something I didn't notice uh, when I watched the movie until I saw it in a meme. Is that the the mob when the, the mob gathers around Michael at the end? There is one woman in the mob who is holding an iron. Yeah, as her weapon. Like people <laughs> yeah. have like baseball bats and like some people have guns and she's like, like all this shit. And she's got an iron. She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> It actually, that part made me think a little bit about the Night Stalker, about yes, how they yeah, about him. how he was apprehended at the end, and he like needed the police to save him from the crowd. Yeah, because they're like, "Where the fuck are you going?" And they kind of like just surrounded him by yeah. a mob. So sometimes mob justice works, and I'm for here for that, especially I, if yeah. the Night Stalker, who's yeah. a horrible, horrible person, gets uh put you know put in custody yeah. after you know his horrible rampage but well you know that's yeah. um a, a badge that i did with my girl scout troop last night year soccer that i i the based it around the night stalker because it's um the, those of you that are girl scout aficionados there's a cadet badge called special special agent mm-hmm. special agent and it's all about it actually is about forensic sciences and oh, um 
So I asked the the girls in in my troop, I was like, hey, so what if I picked a true crime story and we use that as our like framework for all of the various steps that you have to do to earn this badge? And they were mm-hmm. like, okay. So I like picked the Night Stalker because they're one of the um, locations in San Francisco where he attacked is just a couple blocks. It's in our neighborhood. Oh, okay. Um, and so as one of the, during one of the meetings where we worked on that badge, we actually walked to the home of Peter and Barbara Pan where the Night Stalker attacked. Mm-hmm. In, in 85 and um i was like look girls in this very house richard ramirez <laughs> horrifying things happened yeah but it was interesting because like one of the girls in our troop her she's um gr- she's living in the house her dad grew up in which is just mm-hmm. a couple blocks away mm-hmm. and she was like i remember my dad saying that like there was a time when he was a kid when like they were all sleeping in the living room and their dad like had a bat and everything so like that was her her dad's experience when that night stalker attack happened oh her dad's whole family like that was just a few blocks from where they were living Mm -hmm. and so the whole family was like sleeping together in a huddle in the living room with like baseball bats and rightly so (laughs) absolutely oh my gosh yeah yeah that's crazy so it's always fun um, to like really bring it back to their yeah, real life experience. <laughs> but well, yeah, as far as Halloween goes, I'm I'm excited to see what Halloween ends um, decides mm-hmm. to do with the franchise. Yeah, me too. I hope um, I hope they do it justice. I hope it's good. I think it's gonna be I've, good. I mean, I really love love loved the 2018 just Halloween. So good. Um, I thought it was entertaining. The second yeah. one, Halloween kills and then halloween ends i have good i have hopes for yeah. it and i'm i will definitely watch it of course but it, it's funny to wonder if if there will be more yeah because it's just it just keeps going it keeps going keeps, keeps going giving. yeah and so like is there gonna be another another anthology another iteration another director that takes it on as a project like you never know yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it, yeah when you take a story like that there's you know it's not a complex story, but, um, you know, there's there's lots of things that you can add to it and reimagine without. I mean, the Rob Zombie is a perfect example. Like there are elements that you can add to it that don't that aren't already there and make it something kind of new. Yeah, definitely. Um, and you know, what? I'll watch it. I'll watch it. <laughs> I'll watch it. We will be there. We'll watch you it. You can count on us. Well, I think this is really very um, a great, really fun conversation. <laughs> I love these movies so much so i love yeah. hearing and like about i said it, yeah this could have it, been so. a six uh, oh, podcast yeah. arc like, and we squeezed it into two this one's a little long sorry for that i mean it is what it is this could have been several episodes and we did a tight we're trying all, to condense one minute, it one hour excuse me, one hour 45 <laughs> yeah um so but before i forget like we did have our first ever <gasps> Uh, listener requests Carlos from Texas. He, Carlos, the the giver yeah. of our first review, our first review is also the deliverer of our first ever email. Yes, so he made a request. Um, so he said either um, American Werewolf in London or Hereditary, and we are going to um, the holidays are coming up, and it's a very very busy time for the for the two of us. We have our families stuff going on. So after the holidays in season three, mm-hmm. Hereditary will be our. First we will kick off season three with Hereditary episode. because we are big fans. I love that big movie. big fans I'm of Hereditary. Fan. Yeah, it was the movie was insane. I was reading about like I was looking, I was doing like Reddit deep dives after I watched oh, it. Yeah. I was like so into it. it was really, so really a spectacular <laughs> yeah. piece of work. So then our next episode though will be Drag Me to Hell. It it was messed up. 
our recording and long our, overdue. And, yeah, our engineer Victor he is gonna uh, fix it up and he's he's been working it. ever since to try and correct the audio so that we can yeah. still post the episode. Yeah, so that'll be our next episode. So watch it. It's. It's a lot of fun. You may watch it already because I already said this before. Yeah, we've, we've mentioned it a couple times. We've acknowledged that it was supposed to air and it didn't. But yeah, 2009, yeah. correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Drag me to hell. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we will we will be presenting you know, to you. And you might as well watch it. It's Halloween time. You better watch it. Yeah, watch it. It's what scary. It's scary have? season. Do it. It's scary. It's funny. It's Sam Raimi. It's so, Sam Raimi. Come on. Evil Dead. Come on now. We don't have an excuse. There's okay. no excuse. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.